This episode of Pick Up the Six podcast is sponsored by Allbirds. I've been an Allbirds customer for years because their shoes look great, they're super comfortable, and they make shoes and clothes that are better for you and better for the planet by using revolutionary premium natural materials. As a runner, I'm also looking for a shoe that feels and fits great out on a run. And so I'm pumped to tell you about the Allbirds Tree Flyer. I have a pair and they are great. The Tree Flyer is lightweight, super springy and wildly comfortable making your running efforts of all shapes and sizes feel surprisingly effortless. They provide unbelievable cushion and comfort so even your toughest runs are easier on your body. I noticed from step one when I put these on they just felt great and that's thanks to the Swift Foam midsole. It's lightweight and big on cushion and energy return. I recommend these shoes because I wear these shoes. I have the orange ones Plus, they have loads of other great stuff, too. And they're hooking you up with a free pair of Allbirds socks on your next order of 50 bucks or more. Just use the promo code PICKUPTHESOCKS. Pretty good, right? Pick up the socks at allbirds.com on your next order of 50 or more, and you're getting a free pair of socks from those guys. Lace up the tree flyer and get running today at allbirds.com. That's allbirds.com. There is hope after trauma. Some of us can recall the exact moment of our lives when it changed forever, the horrific accident, the miscarriage, the day we walked out, the moment our innocence was taken. Others of us can't remember a time when our lives weren't marked with trauma, abuse, or neglect. What happened to you was wrong and it hurt you, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to define you. You may be wounded, but you're not broken. You can overcome trauma and embrace a brighter future. That's the message of a new book from Evan and Jenny Owens. We first met Evan all the way back on episode 44 of Pick Up the Six podcast as he introduced us to Reboot Recovery, an organization that has helped thousands of people overcome life's trials. Today, we're getting the power couple together. They're going to talk about their new book, Healing What's Hidden. This is Pick Up the Six podcast. Evan and Jenny, it is great to see you both. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us, Brian. We're happy to be here. Life is busy. There's a lot going on. And I got you both, but you're in several locations <laughs> as we do this. Yeah. So that means what else? Uh, that means growth is happening, though, around, around Reboot, right, Evan? It is, man. Yeah, things are, things are, are going, which is, you know, when you work in the realm of trauma, it's like, Helping more people is good, but you wish there weren't as many more people to help. You know, it's kind of a unique balance there. I think you wish you could solve the problem and suicides would stop and everybody would be healthy and happy. But unfortunately, that's that's not how things are right now. Until the day you work yourselves out of a job, God willing, that day actually does come. Right. You keep keep going. You get up every day and keep going. Jenny, it's great to have you. Right. Evan and I had an awesome chat. We were just talking before we hit record. He said, man, when was when did we do that? I was like, it was a while ago, man. At 44, we're over 120 now. So, Evan, I kind of go back to thanks for being part of that first wave. And Jenny, just so happy to have you this time. Yeah, happy to jump in. And I apologize if I say something that Evan already shared, but hopefully you've got a new crop of listeners for which this will be new information. Yeah, so, yeah we do. We're incredibly blessed and grateful for the audience that has come along with us on this journey. They're constantly uh, a wind in our in our in our pirate sails. In fact, if you can see, I'm wearing my burn the boats shirt, uh-huh. right? So that's our mindset here. We're all in. By the way, that shirt for sale, only $20 at pickupthesix.com. So if you want to scoop up this exact segue, right boom, 
do it. It helps us out. It helps us share this message. Uh, Jenny, Evan shared the story of why you guys started Reboot Recovery. We don't need to rehash all of that today, right? You guys can go back and listen to episode 44. But it was around a critical moment in your life, the two of you together. And it was a big moment for you as well. And, and what kind of it was the genesis for this thing to, to go back to that time and to think how far you've come today, where now he's on the road, laying flooring in a new location all the way across the country. What's that journey been like? That is true. That's yes. Well, it's been the journey of a lifetime. It's been um, something we never imagined, but it's been a, an incredible blessing and a gift. We, we always talk about the people that we've come in contact with, um, the military veterans and their families. These people are so strong, so resilient, so courageous, um, man, it's inspiring every day. And, and they have turned around and, and, and given and served us in so many ways, um, personally and as a family. I just love their hearts. And so it, it keeps us going. And so it's been a huge blessing. Yeah, it really is incredible. Uh, and, you know, part of our mission here is just share those stories, right? Like if we can introduce you to one person who maybe you haven't heard of before that's done something through service, purpose, and impact, right? Mm -hmm. Then we carry on. And we're going to talk about the new book healing what's hidden before we do that just remind folks right this is the first time they've listening they're going to go back and listen to episode 44 but tell them about the mission of reboot recovery what you guys are doing there yeah sure so our vision is this at reboot recovery we want to mobilize the largest peer-led response to trauma healing that's ever happened to suicide prevention that's ever happened so what what does that mean that means we help people overcome trauma uh, we do it through everyday people. So whether you're a person who's lived through it or whether you're a person who knows someone well, who you can go online, you can uh, connect with us. We can get you set up. We can get you trained, get you all the materials to start a reboot recovery course right in your community. We offer three programs, one for veterans and their families, one for first responders and their families, and then one for anybody who's gone mm -hmm. through any kind of trauma. And what started in our living room with really just a passion to say, hey, we want to help hurting people get from where they're at to where they could be uh, has really a lot of people, I think, had that same calling on their heart that we had on ours. And so now we've got, I don't know, 340, something like that, locations around the world that use our curriculums. And uh, we have it available in English and Spanish and some other language, Ukrainian and some others. Mm. And uh, all the courses follow the same model. They're 12 weeks long. Uh provide meals and childcare at most of the locations to prevent barriers to entry because in the, the day, you know, suicides, things like that don't normally happen in the emergency room. They normally happen when a person who you love, it's that next door neighbor, it's that coworker, it's that friend, it's that person sitting on the pew next to you or on the bench next to you. That's who they open up to is you in that moment. And what if we could be able to to respond to one another in a way that was helpful? What if we could be a person that literally saves a life that way? And that's what our mission has been is equipping everyday people to do that. I think there's something really special in the way you do that. And I'm going to liken it to what I've seen happen through this incredible organization called F3 that I'm a big part of, Fitness, Fellowship, and Faith. You guys have heard me talk about it quite a bit on the show. And that organization, which is a men's leadership group masquerading as a fitness group. Guys get in good shape, but it's really a leadership organization. It's got five, basically five rules. It's like you do these five things, we're good. It's free. It's open to all men. It's held outdoors, rain or shine. It's, and it ends in a circle of trust. The fourth one is similar to what you guys do. It's peer led in a rotating fashion, meaning you come through those doors, right? You come out to the workout. There's no doors. It's outside. Mm -hmm. We're expecting you to lead and it's peer led. And that peer led component, I think to what you guys do, that's very intriguing to me. Jenny, why, why does that work? Why is that an, an important piece mm -hmm. to your puzzle? 
Well, I think there's a huge element of trust when it comes to trauma healing and mm. um, people want to know that the person that they're talking to can be trusted with that story. And when you've walked through it yourself, you know, the vulnerability that it takes, you know, um, where that person has been, uh, you, you, the, the relationship is forged in, in, a, in a, in a foundation that's going to move forward. And, um, there's just, there's just something to it. There's the light bulb that goes off when you hear someone say something that you've literally thought, a thought that you shared, and maybe, um, you've never voiced it before. You, you're like, that person gets it. That person knows me. And also just this, the fact that you can see someone who's a few paces ahead of you, it inspires you to know, like, it's possible. I, I am going to move through this Valley. I'm maybe not where I want to be, but that person has survived it and they've overcome it. And they're turning around to like, they got my six, like you said, they're yeah. going to lead me out of it. And so that's, I think that just motivates people in a way that somebody from the outside doesn't have that ability to do so. I think too, guys, not only is it a benefit for the participants who are going through the program, but for those leaders too. If I'm going to stand in front of you and espouse X, Y, and Z, I sure the heck better try to live that out too, right, Evan? Dude, it's, it's actually crazy. I literally just got off the phone call from a leader. She is in St. Louis works for a very large corporation and she is part of the the peer resource group for this company if that you know where people of different back she's a female yeah, sure. and she was just describing something that is there's an open door for her to start a course just within her corporation that the corporation will pay for to serve a bunch of different veterans very cool opportunity but she said something she goes evan i just have a question the the story you share in your curriculum about a certain person she goes did you guys base that off of and she said a person's name and I said, no, I don't know who that is. And she said, because there's a, you know, she goes, I, the guy got kind of upset that she felt like one of his counselors had shared his story with somebody else. And I laughed and I said, here's the problem. I said, sadly, his story is thousands of people's story. And I said, you know, it's the, the wounds that we don't talk about. It's the responses we don't, everybody, you know, we talk about combat trauma and, and you know, the thing about combat trauma is there's some degree of honor in combat trauma because you at least you earned it in a noble manner most of the time. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about the husband who is having a secret affair and his wife because he feels so numb, he's just desperately searching for any type of, you know, love heart sensation. When you talk about the person who hasn't been able to sleep for months without polishing off, you know, six, seven, eight, nine beers a night. Mm -hmm. When you talk about the spouse who, you know, feels like when when they leave the house every day their husband's gonna in their life and so they have to hide the weapons and hide the guns and check in on him and all this stuff i mean when you deal with that kind of stuff that's the stuff that we don't talk about much yeah like we kind of talk about trauma and the war hero story and the narrative but really a lot of the stuff that we get into in our groups is the stuff that's hidden it's the deeper darker stuff but honestly that's the stuff that if unless that's healed all the talk about military work, whatever. So I think for our leaders, not only do they have to live it out, but I think they also start to realize that their work, they thought they were going to talk about one thing, yeah. but what they ended up actually talking about was something that is much more eternal, much more spiritual, much more visceral to who we are as people. And um, it was just really crazy because, you know, this guy was like upset and I was like, he doesn't understand that, you know, that, that premise comes from he's alone. He's the only one that had that experience. Right. That's the premise of that mindset. And I said, that's thousands of people's stories can put into an amalgamation. Dang, that was a good word. Boom. Amalgamation. Yeah, it was. Yeah, oh, it we're was. ready. Score that. Score that one. 
dang. Yeah. Right. So what you're, what you're saying is right. There are some wounds that we can see, right. Then there are those that are hidden and that takes a level of healing. That's right. The new book that just came out yesterday, as we record today on the 7th of September, new book out yesterday, the 6th of September, healing what's hidden. Pretty now good. that is a transition. Pretty right there. good. Look, pretty good that? segue. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. Every I mean, now and then, guys, the old news sports reporter guy comes out, right? I mean, that was a bam. whammy. You know, that bam. was amazing. I didn't even tell you it was coming. Yeah, I mean, it hit me. Bam. <laughs> so it's funny, right? You guys have been at this thing for 10, 12 years, right? You've, you've built this incredible organization up. You've been mission-centric. It's grown as it need as it, as it's needed. But it's not like you're like, we're going to start an organization. We're going to write a book. This is just sort of happened over time. So Jenny, tell me a little bit about just the progression to the point of we need to put some of this down on on paper because we think we can we can spell out some some tactics here that folks can actually deploy to help themselves. Yeah, I think um, when COVID hit, that was sort of a, a time where everybody was sort of reassessing. What are we doing? <laughs> what what is the next what's the future hold for us? Um, so we're, we're going through this personally, this crisis, and um, our team kind of sat down and thought, well, what can we do for the larger population that shares the, the wisdom and knowledge that we've gleaned from the last eight years of walking with people through crisis and trauma? Um, what if we could package what we've learned and help, if we present it to people, help prevent them from making some of the, the detrimental choices that we all make when we're kind of, when the ground beneath us is shaking, um, we, we try to grab a hold of things to stabilize and they're not healthy. Um, what if we could get out in front of that and, and teach people what we've learned? And so we created the crisis course, Reboot Recovery's crisis course, which was like a, a five point uh, web series. And it kind of went viral because it was right in March of 2020. And um, people were just clamoring for things like this. And so it got us thinking like, wow, there's a great need. There's a great desire. There's a growing awareness, I think, in the general public about the impact that trauma has on mental health. Um, and so that was sort of the genesis of, of maybe it's time to write these things down, not just our story, which we do share in the book, um, but stories of people who we've seen transformed and then what they practically, what they did, what we taught them, what they taught us, had, what's risen to the top over, over 10 or 11 years of doing this practical tips to healing from trauma and preventing further trauma in people's lives. And so it was the perfect timing uh, during that time of COVID. We were able to sit down and begin mapping this out. And um, it was sort of like Evan has said this earlier, it, it was the right time and it felt like it had to be done. It wasn't like we were just speculating, well, hmm, what are we going to do next? It was like mm-hmm. this book, book was birthed. It was coming out one way or another because uh, the, the knowledge was there and the need was just pressing on us from everywhere that we looked. And so we, it was not an easy process to t- undertake co-writing a book as a married couple and running a, a nonprofit at the same time while all this craziness is going on in our own world. But um, we feel like uh, it was, it was needed and we wanted to respond to that call. That's always been, that's always been kind of our experiences when, when those doorways are put in front of you, you know, pr- test them. And if they open, you know, walk through it, even if it's an unknown, that was how it was starting a military nonprofit when both of us are civilians. Mm-hmm at the very beginning. So, yeah. and I think we're just hard headed, man. I mean, to be honest with you, it's like, you know, people will say, you know, okay, you're not a veteran. You shouldn't start a military program, but it's like, yeah, but that's what I'm called to do, you mm-hmm. know, or people say, you know, you're, you're not a fundraiser. You shouldn't try to go raise money. Yeah. But that's what I feel called today. Well, you're not a, you're not a, an author, you know, you're yeah. not a, not a clinician. 
but that's what I feel called to do. Well, you're not a, I mean, I feel like every time the world is telling us, but you're not a fill in the blank and you say, yeah, "Yeah, but I know what I'm told to do. I really connect with like Bible characters in the sense of feeling this, this calling. That's like, it's like a, you know, those robo dialers that call your phone, you know, if you don't answer, what do they do? They just keep calling back. They keep calling (laughs) calling and i feel like that's kind of how it's been for us there's these these projects that we get a little sense of a call we sort of test and we're like yeah you know what let's let's step away but things like the book it was like it just kept calling it just kept calling and it kept ringing and ringing until finally we're like okay we don't feel like we're authors we're not influencers we don't live for that world i'm not trying to you know do whatever Mm -hmm. The, the point is that it just kept calling and and so finally we decided to stop letting it go to voicemail and answer it well, check it out. I don't have the bios of the 12 that he surrounded himself with to spread the message. You might know better than me. How many of them were learned uh, scholars from inside the establishment, right? Inside the walls of the synagogues. How many of the 12 that he put around him were professional preachers, pastors, priests, or scribes? No, he built up from tax collectors and fishermen and farmers yeah. and and those men and women carried the message. Yeah, right? I, I, so I, I, I think that, there's something to that too. I said this in the book in a couple of places, because I feel like one of them, that God uses the extras to play leading roles in his story, because that's what he's about. He's about taking the unlikely, the discarded and saying, well, you have a purpose. And that could be me and Evan. We're unlikely to be in this role, but that could be you, the person who's gone through this course. who feels like I've walked through, this is trash. My life has given me trash. What am I going to do with it? Well, God's, we talk about, he's, he's the greatest American picker. He's, he's finding treasures in the trash and helping us to discover those things, to find purpose in pain and to give people who wouldn't have a voice, a voice to speak to somebody else who only they can connect with. That's the beauty of that peer led piece we we're talking about earlier. You want to hear from someone who's lived it and breathed it. It's so hard for us though, right? Cause we're humans and our brains are just wired. Like, but I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to suffer. Why would he want me to? And it's, it's hard for people sometimes to submit to the fact that because yeah. he loves so much, yeah. but, but we know, right? Like we know what suffering leads to suffering ultimately ends in hope. Right. So there's just, it, it but it's hard for us sometimes guys. It just, it's just hard That's for it. us sometimes to wrap our brains around that. I'm, I'm sure you've seen that play out in those sessions with people yeah. that have come through the doors. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that's, and it's uh you mentioned our leaders a minute ago. I'll just encourage your, your, here's what I think the, the temptation is. All right. This is going to get a little assertive. You can go I, there. Go do it. Hour, I worked a 22 hour day yesterday. And so I'm probably a little froggy. So here's the deal is, you know, all the time I hear people say like, you know what? I want to do something to help other people. Mm-hmm. I want my, I want to have purpose in my life. I want to, I hear husbands talk about their life has become boring. They're bored with their wives. They're bored with their jobs. I hear, you know, this men talk about this. All. It's, it's, I mean, you, know, you look at the fastest growing demographic of suicide. It's, it's upper white middle-class men between the ages of 30 and 50. Right. Well, why is that? And I think that there's a lot of pressures and things put on them as a family, but at the end of the day, I think that one of the things is that I hear, well, I just don't have time. I, I can't lead a course. I can't, I can't do something like this. But at the same time, it's that same person who never misses a baseball game. They have the travel teams that they do. They're on every in, kid in their family has a private baseball coach. Plus they're in there. They have to get their golf game in and they have to, and they have all these things that they're doing. Five, six hours of football on Sunday, biggin. 
That's right. Plus they got six hours on there's you know, they're doing that. And then they're listening to it all week long on sports radio, reliving mm-hmm. what they already just did. Right. Yep. And sometimes I sit around and I'm thinking to myself, you know, you want purpose, you want adventure, but you're settling for something that's just mundane. You know, your kid, I know sports matter, sports matter, but your kid is not going to miss the fact that they missed their 12 year old baseball game because you had to go to a special reboot event to learn how to, help yourself and others overcome trauma. I mean, I'm not saying you need to do reboot, but my point is, is I think when we talk about our leaders, people all the time will say to me, Evan, let me get this right. Your leaders lead courses for free and they actually pay you for the curriculum that they lead. And they'll look at me like, how is that possible? How is it possible that 12 and 1500 people have done this? And I'll say, because we sell them an opportunity at something that is one of the rarest gems in this world, which is fulfillment. Yeah. And to witness miracles. That's right. Yeah. We so can you guys opportunity to be on the front lines of seeing God actually work in people's hearts and lives in a way they haven't. And when you see it once or twice, dude, your other not that you don't have hobbies and stuff like that, but I'm saying like you begin the greatest adventure of your life. And I think Jenny talked about us writing the book together. This is where I'll shut up. It's just, you know, this is another chapter in an adventure that she and I have been on that has made our marriage. I mean, the the richest, most incredible thing is because we are both swimming in deep water together, hoping that we don't drown. And the only way we stay afloat sometimes is clinging to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. So if, if there's marriages that are struggling, I would challenge them to find a purpose, you know, sacrifice. I, I don't, maybe you do say no to that extracurricular for a while in your kids' lives. Maybe you do say no to the, the special league that you do golfing in for whatever it is. Maybe you take a step back from that for a minute and devote that same energy now towards what's, what's something that we can do that's bigger than us. And man, it changes everything. Yeah. I'm with right. That bigger than us part. Right. Yeah. So, so, so I'll be blunt with some language. Yeah. The jackass is the man who sits in the middle of the universe and things that it revolves around him. And it's not even so much a look at me, everything's for me, but just those actions, those selfish actions. The high impact man is the one who puts himself third, right? Are you willing to live third? One yep. of those great stickers, right? I love the great sticker. He greater than I symbol, right? Or yeah, the same yeah, thing about yeah. living third, right? God, others after you, then yourself. All right. So you go through this process, right? You write the book. You talk about practical steps to overcoming trauma. You don't have to give away all the goods, right? Because we want them to go get it. We want them to go pick it up, buy it, read it use it in their life. But what are some of the pieces that are in there that they're going to learn when they pick this thing up? Yeah. Well, I think the first, the place where we start is, is acknowledging the wound. That's the cover of the book. It's a picture of a rug with the word hidden coming out of it. Um, healing what's hidden. If we don't acknowledge that it's there, we're never going to be able to address it. And um, it resonates with our military community. We talk about um, you know, if you have a, a, a bleeding gunshot wound or something, you're going to address it. You're going to stop the bleeding. You're going to take that person to the aid station. They're going to do whatever is needed to address that. Otherwise you're going to bleed out. But so many times we see people who, whose souls are wounded and they're bleeding out, but they just want to deny it, that it exists because they feel like it shows weakness. They want to say, well, it's nothing. Uh, it, it's not nothing compared to what that person went to um, or experienced. And uh, so it just festers and it gets infected and it affects other areas of our life. So that's where we start. Call trauma what it is. And that's hard for people, but it is important to get a language around it. It wasn't just a bad deployment. It wasn't just a bad shift. It wasn't just you had a crappy upbringing. These things are traumatic. And there is a part of us 
a God-given part of us, I think that recognizes on a deep level that this wasn't the way it was supposed to be. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's why Reboot started at the intersection of faith and trauma, because we, it forces us to ask questions. God, why? How do I keep going? What's, what do I make of this? Um, and that's the beautiful part. So it, don't run from those questions. Engage them and bring the darkness to the light. And then, then we offer some steps to healing, which I think Evan can go into a little more detail, but it really, it just starts with getting a vocabulary and a framework for what happened to me. Yeah, dude. I mean, if I can't do, I got, I went and grabbed the book real quick. I walked off camera, but I just, even as we were, let me just say this. I think a lot of people write books and then they go and they, they say, this is going to help people. But honestly, this book, even as we were working on it time and time again, was a blessing to us and challenged us. And really helped me process, like kind of put some things in order that I even personally had. And even the chapter titles, I mean, we labored over every chapter title, making sure that it said, but listen to some of the, I just wanted to share with reader or with with people who are listening in case they go by, by the book, what's in it for them. Some of the chapter titles. So number one, restoring what seems broken beyond repair. Number two, shutting down destructive responses to trauma. Number three, feeling it all without falling apart. Number four, understanding the true source of our trauma. Number five, loss, living boldly when you're uncertain. Number six, guilt, shame, and regret, moving forward when you're stuck in the past. Number seven, rejection, neglect, and abandonment, knowing you're worthy when they made you feel worthless. Number eight, hurt and abuse, finding peace when your life is full of fear. Number nine, reaping the rewards rewards of forgiveness. Number 10, knowing who you are and becoming who you can be. Number 11, converting pain into purpose. And number 12, finding hope in unexpected places. And, you know, as I read through these, I, I don't know who the person watching knows, but I guarantee they know somebody personally right now who needs one of those 12 topics directly. I was thinking the same thing, you know, and that's the part that what I hope is that this book won't be something that somebody's drowning and somebody's like, Hey man, here's a book called learn how to swim. And they toss it to them. But I hope this will be a book that they go, Hey, you know what? My friend, Jared, he's going through a really hard time right now. He's dealing with a lot of guilt and shame and regret over a bad decision he made. What's this book said? Let me read just that chapter. Let me read it once and then reference it often. And let me just sit down and feel like now I've got some, some ammunition. I've got some tools that I can go to Jared and be like, and you know, you're more than the sum of your actions. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you did a bad thing, but that doesn't make you bad. You know, um, I don't know, just all that. And that's that's our hope for why we wrote the book. We wanted people to have some weapons to fight back these really these these internal battles. That and some about. talking points to start a conversation, because we really believe that healing happens in relationship and community. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. In fact, that's what draws you farther away from healing. And so we're hopeful that this book just empowers people to not only heal themselves, but to maybe help heal somebody else with some of the tools that Evan just described. Yeah. I can't wait to get my hands on it and dig through it. Cause I think there's so many pieces in there as you were going, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, Oh man, I could pull that one out. Right. Like I know who that might, I might even jump into parts of these. There's just, there's so much in there. That's incredible. All right. That writing process together, <laughs> right? You're excited. It's happened. Books out tough times. I mean, how, how was, that, how was that whole process? I have, I have said to Evan at the end, this is kind of, it's kind of a real, I related, I've birthed three children and I remember those there's thoughts right after the birth of them. Like, I'm never doing this again. I've thought that three times. Um, but that's sort of how it was at the end of the book writing. I was like, Evan, I don't know if I want to write another book, but now we're getting out of that phase and I, I'm seeing the, the fruit of it, but it's definitely challenging. Um, we, we have three small boys who are very active and that's our priority for sure. Um, so it definitely required a lot of juggling and, um, 
passing um, the baton back. It, it was all during the two-year oh COVID. Yeah. Schools kept getting closed. And so it'd be like, okay, honey, you got to barricade yourself in the bedroom and work on this for three hours while I'll manage the kids. Or there was a time where Evan had to kind of take a writer's retreat and go stay in an Airbnb um, just to get his head in the right place. And he he did a, the majority of the, the content creation. That's one of his strengths. And then mine was more the refining, the editing, the, the weaving it together. And then, of course, together, he mentioned we labored over chapter titles, the book title, the cover, all of that. Countless hours spent deciding those those things because you feel like you're putting all your eggs in one basket. But but ultimately, I know that that God's going to draw this mm-hmm. draw people to this book that need it. So I feel like yeah. it's worth it for sure. Um, but it's been it definitely, yeah. it definitely created landmines for us to fight about because you know it's like sure. I framed out the house and I did the, did some of it, but like she was doing electrical and plumbing and you know, making sure all the lines connect to the, to the circuit breakers and all that stuff. So she can say, I did the, yeah, I, I did the hard work in the same way that framing a house is the hard work, you know, kind of, but, but there was these sections where you, you know, you write it and you think, oh, this says exactly what I wanted to say. This is perfect. And, you know, you come home and you read it to her and she's like, oh yeah, I don't really get it. You know? (laughs) You're like, and, yeah, but I've been down in this thing for like the you're wrong and you're stupid and I'm smart because I wrote, you know, it's like right. you get this. And I would say like creative projects, you know, especially when it's your 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 creativeness side mm-hmm. comes up, my creative side. I'd say that was the the piece for me was fighting the pride to recognize that if she, somebody who knew the subject well, didn't follow the logic or thought it was too lame or cheesy, like I had this one sense that I thought was amazing but it rhymed. And she said, it sounds like Dr. Zeus, like it sounds super lame. And I thought it was awesome. And I remember thinking to myself, like if my wife thinks it's lame and stupid and doesn't follow it, chances are the readers won't either. And that's where just really submitting to her and letting her take what was like, I kind of figured out how to mix everything together and make some clay, but letting her really shape it and mold it into Mm -hmm. the book that it is today. Uh, all credit goes to her for that piece of it. You know, yeah, I'm definitely the the originator of the idea. I've, I've been told I can get any project to 60% faster than anybody you know, and it'll sure. be decent. 60. Sure. Really good at that, um, which is why the wood floor in the room I'm in right now is about about 40% done, and I'm done. You know, I'm pretty much at this point my my excitement. I've done what project. I can do here. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing, I just let me say this one other thing about writing books. Yeah, There's, everybody has a book nowadays. I mean, everybody. Jenny and I do not intend on being lifetime authors. I want to be this really clear. We may not ever write a book again. It might be five years before we do. I don't know what God has for us. Reboot is going to be here to stay. Mm-hmm. Reboot's not going away. It will outlast us. It will outlast us. We want to build it so that it sustains itself long after Jenny and I are gone. And I think that um, for me, my tendency is to get really excited on the front end of a project. And then slowly my enthusiasm wanes. And um, this book, if you've ever written a book with a publisher versus self-publisher, publishers move at a glacially painful pace. That doesn't we, work for you. <laughs> we inked the deal on this at the end of 2019. It just now is coming out. Okay, let that sink in. That's how long we've been living with this book. So my point is, is I think for, for us realizing that we had to be patient with us, mm-hmm. we had to be patient with each other, um, and mainly we had to be patient with the publisher. That mm-hmm. was our where can folks find it? Where can they get it? Give me all the info. Well, Healing What's Hidden, 
practical step to overcoming trauma. You can get that on Amazon or anywhere books are sold online. Um, and then you can please follow us at Reboot Recovery on our Instagram, Facebook, and um, learn more about our programs, RebootRecovery.com. We've got courses, as Evan mentioned, in communities across the country. Um, we also have some virtual courses meeting over Zoom for those areas of the country that don't have them. But we'd love for you to consider joining a course or potentially leading one or supporting what we're doing. Um, that would be amazing. Oh. And also, if they do buy it uh, between now and I think it's the end of October or something, if this episode gets out in time, yep, they can we'll, also they order. They can go to healingwhatshidden.com and they can claim a free companion journal that we have a limited edition. I think we've got oh, like 200 left. Nice. So they can claim that until we're out. So it's a nice little bonus if they want to go do that. Healingwhatshidden.com, claim that journal. Awesome. Guys, go check it out. The new book is Healing What's Hidden, Practical Steps to Overcoming Trauma. It's Evan and Jenny Owens. <laughs> who have been working on it for a few years. There it is. Looks great. It's going to be a great read. And it's one of those things where you can make a great spokesmodel, Evan. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like I I do if it's like a chin bra, bra, like a bra for your double chin. I think I would make a great spokesperson for like a chin bra. That'd be really What would you call it? A trawl? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a trawl. Chin bra, trawl. <laughs> Guys, I've enjoyed the conversation. It's been tons of fun. Let's do it again sometime soon. We'll check in with you. Thanks so much. All right, guys. That's Evan and Jenny Owens. That new book, Healing What's Hidden, Practical Steps to Overcoming Trauma. I'm Brian Jodis. That's been this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast.